Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Harden My Take, podcast on thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets. Uh, It's not Michael Brown here and not Jeremy Brenner. Today we are here to talk our top 15 Rockets teams of all time, part four. Part four, man. I'm excited. I woke up in a very good mood knowing I was going to be able to do a podcast with you today. Good, sir. And I'm looking forward to the top six teams. We have similar, I think, what, five out of six, but I'm wondering where teams are going to be slotted today. Yes. So that that made me feel so good. That really made my day. Um, Granted, my day is only about... Uh, 15 minutes old because I woke up 15 minutes ago, <laughs> but we are, uh, uh, that definitely has, uh, made my day and will continue to make my day, but, uh, let's continue to make this day great with, uh, getting down to it. Our so- our top six teams. So if you have not listened to the first three parts of the series, I highly recommend you do so. We break down our list. From 15 to 1, we uh, unveil three teams on each of our lists for each episode, and we are in the penultimate episode of this series. Today, you will hear our number 6, 5, and 4 squads uh, for today. And this is, uh, and we talked about this on the last episode a little bit, Michael, but we, every team that's from here on, has made it at least to the conference final. So we we really are only talking about the creme de la creme of Houston Rockets teams. Yes, sir. So um, I'm interested to see where we're slotting things because we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of uh, placement. We're gonna see a lot of the similar teams here. I feel like in this episode, but the placement of these teams is where we're going to is really what we're going to look for today. So let's not waste any more time. Number six on your list, Mike. It's 2014-2015 Houston Rockets. Ding, ding, ding. Mike, we got a match, buddy. Hey, man. Hey, man. That's awesome. It has been a while. Uh, I'm glad we are on the same wavelength. It's starting to show off right here. All right. So the 2014-2015 Rockets have been a subject of our podcast a couple of times uh, lately. Um, most recently in our breakdown of the game six of the Western Conference semifinals uh, against the Clippers. Go and check that episode out. It's one of, uh, in my opinion, one of my favorite episodes that we've done. So please go check that out. But uh, let's continue to uh, shed some glory on these 2014-2015 rounds. So this, <laughs> this team... Started okay. So you look at since 2014, 2015, outside of the championship runs that the Rockets had back in 94 and 95, mm-hmm. I think this was the start of the best, the second best tenure of Rockets history, right? Because you right. look at this was the year that they went to the conference finals, um, and then outside of the next season when they let Mikhail go and they brought in JB Bickerstaff, uh, when they went out in the first round. You look at the next three seasons, and they've made it to at least the second round in the last three seasons, right? right. And this 14-15 team started that, that trend. Um, they come in at number six for me. Uh, good regular season, 56 and 26. Um, they exceeded preseason expectations where the over-under for number of wins was 49. So they went seven above that. Um, they were... Pace-wise, they were the second fastest team in the league, and I think that really started the Rockets' momentum towards they wanted to be faster, they wanted to get up and down the court and try and just outrun teams. And this was 
a perfect example of that. And the Rockets in the second round, obviously they beat the, not obviously, I mean, if people don't know, they beat the Mavericks in the first round in five. And anytime you can beat the Mavericks, it's a great uh, series. Right. <laughs> um, and then they get to the Clippers series and they have that magical game six. And uh, like you said, go, go check out our, our full breakdown of, of that game. Um, but game seven, I will tell you, I was in the building for game seven back in Toyota Center. That was the loudest I have ever heard Toyota Center, period, end of story. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think that this team... Flooding that day. I don't know if I'm remembering that right, but I think that that was the day where there was like a torrential downpour in Houston, and it was still the loudest I've ever heard that building. Ever. Yeah, they got nowhere to go. <laughs> well, but it was, I mean, people, people give Rockets uh, fans, uh, they get a lot of grief, right? They're not in their seats. I should say the premium ticket holders are typically not in their seats on time. Uh, but yeah. this game was different. Well, right? There was different feel yeah. in the building for Game 7. Well, speaking of that, I mean, that Game 7 was on a Sunday. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was game seven. I mean, I don't remember the last time the Rockets had a game seven in their building. Uh, it was probably in 2007 when they lost the jazz. Uh, so it would been, it had been eight years since they had a game seven, um, in their building. I think that, you know what? I remember when I was growing up, when I was like a kid, the Rockets would have their games at seven 30. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say it was like seven or so years ago. They they bumped that time up to seven, and I wonder if that has a big a, a big impact um, between. I wonder if that has a big impact, uh, and if there's any correlation. Like if the games were moved back to seven thirty, would that make a big difference? I know they changed it because of scheduling purposes and. You know, they want every game, uh, they want a bunch of games to start at the same time. Uh, they don't want games starting on the half hour or whatever. Um, but maybe that would do some uh, help for the Rockets uh, and, their, and their attendance issues. I think, yes, I think it could help. But I think it just comes down to the mentality that the Rockets in this city are the third most popular team right now. I mean, it's to so? me, it's. I think so. Uh, it's always going to be a football town. And it's, a, it's, it's infuriating for me as a basketball fan because it's, it's no slight against the Texans, right? But it's, you have a, a, a general manager in Daryl Morey who year in and year out could be general manager of the year. You have James Harden who is single-handedly the greatest offensive weapon in the game. He's not the best, he's not the best player in the game, in my opinion, but he's the best offensive weapon. You have a guy in Russell Westbrook who's so much fun to watch. You have uh, P.J. Tucker, who you want to – I mean, here's a shock. Three guys were back in the building this week for workouts. One of those three was P.J. Tucker. He single-handedly works the hardest on his game and on the defensive end, arguably in the league. Um, like, they're so much fun to watch, but they don't get the respect of people in the city because all they want to do is talk about Texans' offensive line issues and – like, there's just not enough basketball talk. And I'm so happy that we get to do this multiple times a week. And we'll do it more when Rockets games are back for people to actually get basketball talk. I mean, 100% Houston Rockets basketball talk. Yeah. And to bring it back to the 14-15 team, that team in that series against the Clippers was the epitome of do not give up. The ultimate underdog down double digits going into the fourth quarter – your coach has the, let's call it what it is, the audacity to not play James Harden, and it worked out. Unbelievably, it worked out. And then, stop me if you've heard this before, they run into the buzzsaw that is the Golden State Warriors. And that 14-15 team was not good enough to play with that Warriors team. That Warriors team was so good. Yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes, you know, Harrison Barnes was the epitome of uh, have a really good year and then go get a lot of money and then basically take the rest of your career off. Like, you got your big payday, 
you won your championship, you're good. He's a good player, but he's not at the level that he was with Golden State. But they had so many guys contribute on that team. Leandro Barbosa, Festus Azili, Andre Iguodala. All of these guys played a role on that team, and the Rockets simply didn't have the horses to play with that Warriors team. So my number 16, the 14-15 Houston Rockets. Yeah. What would the Rockets have had to do in order to make – in order to place higher on this list for you? This team? Yes. Uh, beat the Warriors? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mean to make well, it sound like, – What if they took the Warriors to seven? What if they were one win away from beating this Warriors team? Because, honestly, if you look back at the series, uh, those first two games in Golden State were very even. Uh, and they they lost game one by four. They lost game two by one. They like five. If 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 six or seven points go in the direction of the Rockets, they are up 2-0 in this series. Yeah, and then they. Uh, but I mean, game three wasn't close. No game three uh, was not close. I was at that game. I was at that game, and I and remember how upset I was. In game five. Bad. Game five wasn't close either. It was my so birthday I'm, that year too. Because well, my birthday was around that time. So like I my birthday gift was to go see, you know, the Rockets get, you know, spanked. Well, in in, in mean, their most possibly. important game ever. But yeah. It, yeah. It, it, I mean, when I look at the rest of my list, uh, in no particular order, I have a team that uh, was a hamstring away from getting to a championship and winning the championship because mm-hmm. uh, they would have beaten Cleveland. And then I have the two NBA championship teams, and then my other two teams are the teams that went to the finals. So I think that I put this team as high as I could while looking at other teams that had more success. And that game six, and it made me lo- – the show that you and I did together, it made me love that team even more because of the guys that they used to win that game. But when you start talking about, I love him to death, but the fact that Corey Brewer was playing 24 minutes a game against the team that featured Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, all the guys we just talked about, you're not going to have a high level of success. Corey Brewer is a guy that you stick on the court for 8 to 12 minutes just to give guys a little bit of a breather in situations where hopefully when he's in the game, he doesn't cause too much of a disturbance. And you know what I mean by that? Because mm-hmm. um, he's very much like a Gerald Green. Yeah. And Gerald Green, props to him, has transformed his game into being one of the better guys off the bench. But Gerald Green's a guy that you know when he gets the ball, he's going to shoot. And if he misses a couple shots in a row, he's not very, he's not very appealing for the Rockets to put on the court. And Corey Brewer is the same way. And, J- and even more so than that, Jason Terry was playing 31 minutes a game. And no disrespect to Jason Terry, but his best years were far behind him, and you were trying to have him cover the likes of Steph Curry. Not going to work out very well. Right. Um, but for, I mean, James Harden had a good series that series. He averaged 30, 40 minutes a game. He averaged 28.4 points, 7.8 rebounds, 6.4 assists, and two and a half steals a game. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about when you and I go into the numbers, because you and I are numbers guys, yeah. right? We like to say, here are the facts. The more you talk about James Harden, you and I talk about James Harden, the more respect I have for his game because of the numbers that he puts up night in and night out, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So let's not go down that road because we should do it like a 10-part series on the disrespect that James Harden gets, but that's <laughs> a, a, a series to do in the future because we have teams to discuss here, Jeremy. Harden, my disrespect. But um, uh, one more question before before we move on. Yes. What if? So I mean, look, in Game Five, in the in the game that the Rockets eventually lose, uh, they they ends their season. Jason Terry plays thirty nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't play too poorly. Uh, 39 minutes, had 16 points. Um, it was his final, I guess it was his final game that he was a starter in the league. Because uh, he, or, well, like a, like a starter for a contending team, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
what if that's Patrick Beverly? Because Patrick Beverly was injured for the playoffs. What if Patrick Beverly was guarding Steph Curry in this series? Oh, man. Um, that's a great question. I, I definitely think it has a different, it makes a difference. Um, I mean, in that, but it, yeah, I mean, in that game five, though, I mean, Harrison Barnes had 24 points, so I don't know if, if that really impacts it there, but I definitely think Curry doesn't go. I mean, you, Steph Curry only went 7 of 21 in that, in that fifth game. And Clay Thompson, I mean, Clay Thompson killed you. I mean, Clay Thompson was 8 of 14 and 4 of 6 from 3. Honestly, uh, yeah. What I think happens is the Rockets lose in the six. Yeah, that's, that's my about opinion. My opinion is the Rockets would have gotten one of the games in Golden State. They would have split the game, the first two games. They would have split game three and game four. Golden State wins game five, and I think Golden State would have won in six. Um, I think that – because the thing about that Warriors team was they were so – multi-dimensional they could beat you in a lot of different ways it wasn't just Steph it wasn't just Clay they had Harrison Barnes it was arguably the best year of Harrison Barnes's career um, yep. and they that team was just they they were built to beat everybody they, they really had everything that you could want in a team so that's why I think that you wouldn't see them um you wouldn't see them uh, beating the Warriors at the end of the day. I think, I, honestly, I mean, I think I mean, this is basically the team that won 73 games as well. So, I mean, th this is a really good team. They won 67 games. I think what the what makes the Rockets stand out here is the fact that the 2015 season, it was so jam-packed in the West, and that was the year where – Every there were like the six seed Spurs were fifty five wins, mm -hmm. uh, and the Rockets at the two seed were fifty six. So one game separated second from sixth, and the Rockets were, I guess, the winner of the amongst those teams. They were the only team from two to six to win two series, and they did that against arguably um, the best Clippers team um, in in this era, the Lob City Clippers. And then, uh, you know, they, they, and they were the ones. But basically, I think everyone knew that whoever came out of two, th uh, of that two, three, six, seven bracket, because honestly, I, I don't think maybe who gave Dallas a chance, but I think people gave an equal opportunity to San Antonio, uh, Houston, and uh, LA Clippers. I think they, I think people, critics, gave all three of those teams a pretty equal chance. Uh, and ultimately, it was the Rockets. That was just kind of like the consolation prize. Like, congratulations, you came out. Now go, go loose to the Warriors, and, and that's it. But it was also, yeah. it was also very, like this Rockets team felt like Portland did last year when Portland made it to the Western Conference Finals, and everybody knew they were not beating. They were not beating Golden State. Like it, it was not going to happen. And they and they got swept. This Rockets team have had. That same feeling to me. Like I knew they weren't going to win. Um, I I will ask you a question though. What would a Clippers Warriors matchup would have looked like? Because I think that Clippers team would have given this Warriors team a heck of a fight. I don't I know if they were better. Beat it. I think they were better matched up with with the with the Warriors and the Rockets were that year. Oh, for However, sure. I still think the Warriors win. Yeah, but I think I think definitely. They were six games better than everyone else. Um, in that season, the Warriors and the Clippers, um, they they played each other four times um, in in the regular season, I believe, because they were you know. Uh, so they they won. The Clippers won. Or the the Warriors won three of the four meetings. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you and I both know that the playoffs are a completely different animal. Um, so it would have been an interesting matchup, but the, the one problem I had in game five was the fact that KJ McDaniels didn't play. And I know people are going to shake their head and say, well, what does that matter? KJ McDaniels was a guy that had really good athleticism. He was six, six, and he was a guy that I would have liked to have seen more of play. Now, could you trust him? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, if you played K.J. McDaniels, you probably win that game. 
but his size and athleticism would have been a better matchup, in my opinion. And he didn't even play at all. And this was not a blowout. Game five was not a blowout, right? Like, the Rockets were down six going into, was it six? Yeah, it was six points going into the fourth quarter. Um, and I ask you, I mean, would you have rather seen KJ McDaniels play or Corey Brewer? Corey Brewer had a really good game, so that maybe not be a good uh, example. Uh, I mean, Jason, yeah, it would have been hard for to play KJ McDaniels. I'm just saying, size and athleticism, I think, could have made a difference at some point in this game. Yeah. Um, I think that... I think that it would have been hard to to play not to not play Corey Brewer because Corey Brewer played so well in in the previous series. It yeah. was a big reason as to why uh, the Rockets got to the conference finals. In any case, um, KJ McDaniel's is one of those like unsung heroes. He's one of those like quadruple A players in in the NBA. He he just got a real bad shake. I think like yeah. he started out. Uh, with Philly, and it was it was a good fit with Philly. Um, and just I think I think his trade to Houston honestly did really hurt his career because um, because I, I think Houston had no place for him. I think he was like just on he needed to play for a rebuilding team. And I think if he was still with Philly, he uh, if that trade didn't happen, I think he'd still be in the league, um, which is unfortunate. But let's let's move on now. We're, we've gone a little bit off tangent, but uh, let's move on now. Uh, you're number five on this list. My number five team would be the 2017-2018 team. So the 2017-2018 team that was uh, one went away from the finals. Interesting. Okay. Oh, thanks for bringing that one up. Yeah. Uh, right. but, but hey, go ahead. Speak your case. So correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the year that the Rockets got absolutely obliterated by the referees in Game 7 against the Warriors. And it was noted via the broadcasting team that did the game, it was one of the worst officiating games I have ever seen in my entire life. We're on the same page, right? This was that same game? That is the same year, correct. Yeah, that is absolutely, it was appalling how bad that game was officiated. Um, But we'll get to that. This season can be summed up in one body part, the hamstring. Mm-hmm. We found out that the city of Houston was cursed with hamstring injuries because of Chris Paul. You can say until the cows come home that you don't know, Mike, if Chris Paul didn't get hurt, the Rockets may not have won game six uh, or game seven. They would have won either game six or game seven if Chris Paul does not get injured. And then they get to the finals, and they would have beaten the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they would be a three-time NBA champion. Mm -hmm. Is is there even a reason to present the other side of that? Maybe. I don't think so. But Not not today. Today is not the day. Yeah, today is not the day to do that. Um, this, This team was so... First of all, the Warriors... This was the greatest Warriors... This was the... Greatest collection of talent for the Golden State Warriors that the NBA has ever seen. Period. You can talk about the Bulls. You can talk about the Lakers, the Celtics, uh, the 94-95 Rockets. This Warriors team was the greatest collection of talent on an NBA team in the history of the league. And the Rockets had them. They They played them as tough as you can ask that Rockets team to play. In game five... Uh, no, sorry, game seven, you were at the Rockets were up by, by 11. They were up by 11 points at half. And I feel like this comes up a lot in game breakdowns that you and I do. And even to this day, I don't get it. Why are the Rockets always seem to be a crappy third-quarter team? Always. Maybe it's, because uh, they're going against the best third-quarter team ever. Well, yes, but I'm, I'm, I'm even talking about now. It's like it was true against the Warriors, but I feel like it's true this year, too. Like, I feel like they get out to these horrific starts in the second half, and it costs them games. Um, but I digress. They get out, So they're up by 11. The Warriors outscore them by 18 in the third quarter, and that's what loses them the game. But you look at Steph Curry at 27, Kevin Durant at 34. Draymond Green had 10, Klay Thompson had 19. Um, and you look at the Rockets in that game seven. 
James Harden, 12 of 29 from the field. He had six rebounds. He had six assists. He had four steals. He only, when I say for him, he only had five turnovers. Uh, he had one block. Uh, Clay Capella had a good game. Eric Gordon had 23 points. Capella 20 and nine. PJ Tucker had 14 points. This was just a case of they did all that they could do, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it was heart-wrenching when, when Chris Paul got injured. And I remember that when he got injured, everybody was like, you know, nobody knew if he was coming back. There was, they showed a video of him walking in the, the practice facility. It's like, okay, is he going to come out and, and dominate game seven and we're going to the NBA finals? And when he was noted that he was out, that was tough. That, that was really hard. This Rockets team was so good, but it was a fact that they went up against the juggernaut, the monsters that were the Golden State Warriors. Um, and it was, it was tough, man. I mean, it was just heart-wrenching that they couldn't get to the finals because it was set up so perfectly. Because that, that Cavaliers team was garbage. Yeah. All right. They had LeBron James, but the Rockets could have played with LeBron, and the, they didn't have enough to play with the other horses that we had, and we would have won those NBA finals. So for all of those reasons, my number five team, the 17-18 Houston Rockets. So obviously you have the four teams that made the finals uh, high, as the top four teams on your list. Yes, sir. If this team makes the finals, where do you put them? Number three. Number three at least. And if they win the finals? Number three. Really? Yeah, because the to me, the 93-94 and the 94-95 teams, they were so good. They were so good for so many different reasons. Like if the if the seventeen eighteen team, even if they won the finals, went up against those ninety three ninety four teams, you look at the the ninety three ninety four team. Who would have covered Harden, Vernon Maxwell? Yeah. Who would have covered on this team? I, I love Clay Capella. I, I'm sorry, I got to see. You know, he had to go. Hakeem Olajuwon would have eaten him alive. Dream would have had thirty five and twenty against Capella. Hmm. On a nightly basis. Um, so, no matter what, they would have been the third best team for me. Mm-hmm. So, that, that's interesting. All right. I have the Rock. I have this team a little bit higher on my list. Okay. So, uh, so uh, you'll find out where they are when they come up. It might be uh, in this podcast. It might not be. Uh, you'll just have to keep tuning in to find out. You have me on the edge of my seat. I, I'm very, I'm very aware of that. That's that's what we do here at Harden My Take. We keep people on the edge of our seats. Um, All right. So, what do you have for number five? Yeah. So, my number five is the '96 '97 Rockets. Ooh. Like. So this this team appeared on your list in a previous episode. So I'm going to argue for why I feel that you rank them a little bit lower uh, than I would have. So this team uh, came off of basically, so this team was very, very experienced. You had, you had uh, seven guys that were in uh, basically you had seven guys that were, let me, let me rephrase this. Cause I, I was like, there are seven guys that have played more than 10 years in the league. But that doesn't include Mario Ellie, who played overseas before. Um, so you had, if the year was '96, you had uh, you had eight guys. Most of the guys that you played um, that were in their 30s, and that includes Hakeem, that includes Barkley, that includes Clyde Drexler. So your core was of players that were mostly um, that were that were veterans, that were accomplished veterans, guys that had uh, made the finals before, that had won championships before, that was this team. And it was a good amount of the people that had won the championship two years prior, the only exception being instead of Sam Cassell, instead of Robert Ory, you have Charles Barkley. And we talked about that on, on the episode uh, from Monday about um, how 
important that trade was in the grand scheme of everything. And it, 10 times, and Mark, I'm going to quote you, Michael Brown, 10 times out of 10, I still do that deal. So 10 times, I agree with you, 10 times out of 10, I still do that deal uh, with Charles Barkley. And the team that year, um, they they were the, despite being a team that was, you know, I mean, pace was very different back in 1997, but still the eighth fastest team in the league. That's pretty, pretty impressive um, for a team that had a bunch of players that were supposedly past their prime. But like, like Rudy T said, never underestimate the heart of a champion. And that's uh, kind of what they did. They had a pretty simple playoff series against the against the Timberwolves where they win. Seven game series with the Sonics. They go on to win four of those games, including a game four overtime win in Seattle, which is probably the most important win out of all of these. They would they would win two games in Seattle. They they went to Seattle and they got two wins. That's to me that is uh, very impressive. It proved that this team was still very much um, in the driver's seat. They ultimately just ran into a team that was incredible, like one of the best teams in the 90s, the Utah Jazz, um, the 97 Jazz. So I think that um, the reason why I put this team so high is because of their, simply their talent. You look at, they they started the year 15-1 and and 21-2. and By Christmas, they were uh, 21 and six, they, they were on a four game losing streak. So they went, they were 21, they won 21 of their first 23 and 15 of their first 16. The only loss they had in that, in that span was a double overtime loss to the Lakers. So, I mean, arguably could have been 16 and 0 could have started one of the longest, uh, streaks in, in your franchise history to start the year. Um, and so, like, they came out with a bang, um, and they would they would struggle uh, as the season kind of wore on. There was a, a time during fe- uh, late January, early February, they lose six in a row, and ultimately, I think that is what um, hurt them uh, a little bit down the stretch. But also, they they were the second; they were at least the second best team. At worst, the second best team in the West in 97. Uh, the Jazz were a team that just matched up really well with them. So I have a question. And the Charles Barkley trade, I still do it. Let me preface it, you know, mm-hmm. say I, 10 times out of 10, still do it. But when you look at the two pieces, the two main pieces the Rockets traded in Sam Cassell and Robert Ory, my question to you is because you look at their seasons that they had. And weirdly enough, both Ori and Cassell were both traded again in the 96-97 season. What if you take Barkley away from the Rockets and you put Sam Cassell and Robert Ori on that conference finals team against the Jazz? The question is, the Stockton three that beat us in game six, if you have Sam Cassell on the court, is there a chance that that shot is altered? Maybe. If you have Robert Ori on the court, is that shot altered? Maybe. My question to you, Jeremy Brenner, is take out Barkley and you put those two guys in. Do the Rockets win that conference finals? Or do you think the Jazz, no matter what, were the better team? And even if they didn't win in six, they probably would have beat us in seven. If the Rockets don't if the Rockets don't make that trade, they don't get past Seattle. Yeah. That's then if, they, if they don't get past Seattle, they don't even see Utah. Yeah. And, a, and, that, and, that's, a, and that's the thing. We talked about this team on the last episode about how, um, you know, the Rockets, uh, this started kind of the culture where they're going to widen their championship window as long as they can. And they did that here um, with the Barkley trade. And it was the first example of many um, where the Rockets have uh, extended their championship window. Um, they did so with... Uh, they did so with the Barkley trade. They did so with the T-Mac trade. They did so with um, with the Harden trade. They did so with the Chris Paul trade. They did so with the Westbrook trade. They are looking for the 
stars. And all of those guys um, are either in the Hall of Fame or are going to be in the Hall of Fame um, someday. So the Rockets have a tendency to bring Hall of Fame players to Houston. And Hall of Fame players are going to get you championships. I don't know um, a team within the past uh, 15 or so years that does not have at least one Hall of Famer on it. Yeah, that's a good point. And we, I didn't mention this with the, the, my last team that I chose. The Rockets were the only team in the league that could play with that Warriors team. Mm-hmm. And it's because that of the fact that they were, and they are, so invested in winning a championship for James Harden. And now Russell Westbrook. Uh, and Gerald Green, because as the next mayor of Houston, Gerald Green needs to have a championship. Uh, so it, it speaks volumes that, and everybody's like, well, you haven't won a championship. Yeah, but at least they're trying. At least they're always looking to make that splashy move. And people hated the Barkley deal. To me, it, it's all worth it. You made it to a conference finals, and you lost in game six on a game-winning shot against a really, really good, the best team in the conference, the Utah Jazz. It's all worth it. That one single move made it worth it. But it was just a question. I mean, you look at Cassell and you look at Ori, what they could have done with that 96-97 Right. So, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's my argument for the 96-97 is I think the difference between your list and mine is the fact that you looked more for um, your uh, overall accomplishments, whereas I gave a little bit more weight to the the regular season. That's yeah. where our that's where our uh, rankings differ. Is I'm looking more for regular uh, like overall, like not just where they ended up, but more so what they brought in the regular season. And look, 50, what was it? They had 57 wins that year. Yeah, 57 wins. That is, um, I don't think, I think that's the second best win total uh, in franchise history, is it not? It is. It's third. It's third. So, I thought it was second. No, yeah, the 93-94 team was 58. So they were one win shy of that. And then at the time, it was, it was the second best uh, record. Um, in franchise history, and uh, that one went away from tying it. Uh, so to me, that's why they're here above uh, the 80-81 team. So like this team, 17 games better than the 80-81 team. And they were, the 80-81 team finished, uh, they had four wins better in their playoff run. That, that was the only difference here for me uh, was I just I couldn't rank a team that finished 17 games better than uh, another. I, I couldn't do that. Even even though the finals uh, is where that team ended up, uh, I had to go with uh, the 96-97 team here at number five. Well, it's pretty. It would be a pretty boring podcast if we judge these teams in the same way. Um, so I'm glad it's different. You know, I'm glad that you come at it from a different angle than I do. I mean, a lot of our teams are still similarly close. I mean, my 96, 97 team was at seven. You chose it at five. So it's, it's right. It's, it's tight. It's tight. Yeah. They're, they're neighbors, right? They're, they live on the same neighbors. street. They live on the same street. They're going to each other's houses for, for the barbecue. They live on, they both live on Kirby. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's see uh, where your number four team sits. Who, who you got at number four? Well, you recently mentioned them. It would be the 1980-1981 team that ended up going to the NBA Finals mm-hmm. and uh, lost to the Boston Celtics. But we talked about it yesterday. But for me, th- this team comes in as high as they do. You came in. Where did you have the 90? You had the 80-81 team at what? 80-81 team at number eight. Eight. Okay. A lot of eights there. Um, so... <laughs> The, for me, they come in higher for a couple of reasons. Number one, they were a team that barely made the playoffs. So the expectation level for them was not as high. Like, they get in, they have to play the Lakers. So it's like, okay, are they really going to beat the Lakers? 
Well, okay, yeah, they did. All right, so now they make it to the second round. And you, you end up beating the, the San Antonio Spurs. And you talked about all the stats, so I'm just going to you know, relay. You know, they get to the conference finals. They beat the Kansas City Kings. This team made it to an NBA Finals after only going 40-42 and 42 in the regular season. That's a pretty cool accomplishment for a team to make it all the way to the finals. And in any year, like, I would give anything to watch the Rockets in an NBA Finals game. Again, I think that would be the coolest thing in the world. Number one, because I would buy the, the jerseys with the, with the hatch on them. I would have no money left. Let me put that out there now, Jeremy. Wouldn't the Rockets make a championship? I'm going to have no money left because I'm going to buy everything. I will buy every shirt, every jersey, towel, uh, koozie, hat, banner, part of the court. Like, it's all gone. All of my money will be gone. Chris Paul's hamstring was looking after your wallet. Yeah, I mean, whatever. (laughs) I didn't ask for that, Chris. I didn't want you to do that. Rude. He didn't even ask me about it. He just goes and does it. The wallet had different ideas. (laughs) But but also, this 1980 team had, what what did we talk about? Three guys that are very easily in the top ten figures in Rockets history. And Moses Malone, Calvin Murphy, Rudy Tomjanovic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's pretty solid. It's, uh, three guys and Robert Reed. Robert Reed was a good part of that, you know, a, a solid contributor to that team too. But you talk about regular season accomplishments. For God's sakes, Moses Malone averaged 27.8 points and 14.8 rebounds a game. And people will say, well, did he only play in like 50 games? No, he played in 80 games, right? Like... That's absurd. Those are absurd numbers that Moses Malone put up. And then they get to the NBA Finals, and they're like, okay, this is a 40-42 and team. They're on this magical run. You know, what's going to happen when they play the Celtics? Well, I'm glad you asked, Michael. Uh, They played that Celtics team tough. I mean, game one, they lose by three. Game two, they win by two. They get blown out in game three by the Celtics, uh, even though Moses Malone was the leader in points and rebounds uh, that game. Then they come back, they beat them in game four by five. The Celtics then blow them out 109 to 80 in game five. And then game six, they lose by nine. So they get blown out in two of the games. But I think overall, they played that Celtics team tough. That Celtics team was great. I mean, Larry Bird, hello. Uh, Maxwell, Robert Parrish, Tiny Archibald, all these guys. Kevin McHale was also on that team. Um, so many, uh, I give so much credit to the, to, to the 80 team because they made it to the finals. And I get that they didn't have the greatest regular season, but the run that they had in the playoffs, the figures that they had in, in Tom Janovich and, and Robert Reed and, and Calvin Murphy, who I will state again, Calvin Murphy, second most stylish guy that I know, myself being the first. Um, for all of those reasons, my number four team, the 1980-1981 Houston Rockets. I would love to see an interview with Calvin Murphy about that 80-81 run. Like, I, I, I tried looking up, like, maybe, like, more recent interviews about uh, him in 81. Because, uh, I mean, Calvin Murphy had 42 points in that game seven. Yep. Um, to, go to, um, to go to the conference finals that year. So, I wonder if... Um, I wonder if he's talked about that at any point um, and and what he would say. I wonder, because, like, we're approaching, it'd be cool if we did something like next year, it's the 40-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Like, if we if we, uh, if we we got some insight from Calvin Murphy about it. So, yeah. Calvin Murphy, if you're listening to the podcast, we'd love to have you aboard um, and uh, talk, pick your brain about those early 70s teams, because it's a... Uh, underrepresented uh, team in, in Rockets history. So we'd love to hear more about it, um, and we'd love to talk to you about it. So, yeah. so the other thing that I want to mention about this team is the, the caliber of talent that they had to go through to get to the finals, and what they played in the finals was nothing to sneeze at, right? You look at, in round one, they have to go up against uh, very early years of Magic Johnson, but they had Magic Johnson, they had Michael Cooper, and they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's round one, right? Then you get to the second round against the Spurs, and you have to go through George Gervin. And George Gervin's Spurs take that Rockets team to seven games. Then you make it to the conference finals, and 
you have to go up against the Kansas City Kings that featured Reggie King and Scott Wedman. Um, I mean, guys who, and uh, Ernie Grunfeld. So all three of those guys put up good numbers. And then you have to get to the finals and you have to play a Celtics team that's got Larry Bird and, and all of these guys. Like, that's what I miss about current NBA is all of these guys want to team up, right? But and just imagine if there was a couple guys that said, no, you know what? I'm sticking where I am. How much more fun that would make the league, right? Like, it feels like eventually Buddy Heald is going to leave the Kings and go team up with somebody somewhere, right? But mm-hmm. they're not staying in a place like Sacramento and build that team with the young pieces that they have instead of trying to go team up with somebody and say, well, we're all going to go here, right? Like, that doesn't make the league fun. So that's another aspect of that 80-81 team is the level of talent they had to go through to get to the finals. Right. So I, I guess I will talk next about my number four team. Um, I have the 1986 team that went to the finals as well. Uh, and like the 81 team, they suffered a similar fate, losing to the Celtics in the finals in uh, six tough fought games. And, and yes, that, that team, uh, they had to go against those mighty Celtics. And, you know, we talk about, the, you know, the Celtics are the greatest dynasty in, in NBA history. Uh, they, they, are, they are the most successful franchise. It, it, there's, there's no, like, there's no debate, I don't think. Maybe if you want to bring LA into it, but Boston has way like has more titles. They have more titles than anybody. They have been successful in several different eras. Like they they have to be uh, the most successful franchise. I don't think that's I don't think it's up for debate. And this team, the Boston team that they had, might have been the best team that they had in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very possible they won sixty seven games this eighty six team the the Celtics and that is uh, I believe um, oh my goodness I keep trying to like I keep trying to like click something on the screen and it's like <laughs> not working for me uh, but that six that eighty six team that the Rockets had to play in the finals um, they were sixty seven and fifteen that's the second best. Uh, win total in their franchise's history. Over 74 seasons, they were the number two best team. The, their starting five was sick. I mean, Robert Parrish, Danny Ainge, Dennis Johnson, Larry Bird, and Kevin McHale. I mean, it was just not a team that you could beat. Are, are you joking me? It was, not, it was not a team you could beat. That that the '86 team did everything they could. They they got as far as they could. There was no yeah. beating that team that year. And but that '86 team, yeah, yeah, that '86 team had uh, Bill Walton as well. So like, I, I want to say that team had like, man, was it like six Hall of Famers? Yeah, and Rick Carlisle was also on that team. Yeah. Uh, and I think That's he'll be good. in the Hall of Fame for a, oh, like as a coach. A, oh God, or, yeah, I, I he he's one of my favorite coaches in the league, and I hate that he coaches the Mavericks. But he, X's and O's wise, he's up there probably in the top three in current NBA. Uh, I think he's that good. Yeah, uh, I think I think so highly of Rick Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's why I would put him. So he was also on that team. Uh, Rock is why I mean that. They might appear on my list uh, in part five. I'm not going to give anything away, so you're going to have to tune in to find out. Spoiler alert: They do. Uh, <laughs> if they didn't, if they didn't, Mike, I would very much question your uh, your okay. opinion. Um, well, there's that. Uh, but they 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 did all they could. That's perfectly put. I mean, they you know you had Dream, you had Ronnie McRae, you had Rob Sampson, you had Robert Reed, you had Mitchell Wiggins, you had Lewis Lloyd, Alan Level was also on that team. Um, so, but that Celtics team is, I mean, we talked earlier about the Warriors. I think that team with Durant was the best team ever assembled. What would that team look like against the Celtics team? Mm-hmm. I would loved to see that. I mean, the matchups alone would have been outstanding. Right. And 
I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. I think that, um, hey, rocket ship, you know, the SpaceX thing happened this past weekend. So thank you. Are, um, you are clever yeah. that it astounds at certain points in our show. Thank you. You're welcome. So um, I'm sure the 86, uh, wink, wink, I'm sure the 86 team uh, will appear on our final episode where we talk about our top three teams in Rocket's history. So that is coming up to uh, on, what is it, Monday. It will come out next Monday, our final part of our five-part series where we document our top 15 teams. I'll recap my list for this episode. Uh, we started at number six with the 2015 team, then number five, the 97 team, and number four, the 86 team. Good Good variety on my list today, but uh, Mike, remind the listeners of your uh, of your list today. Number six was the 2014-2015 Houston Rockets. Number five was the 2017-2018 team. And the number four team was the 1980-1981 Rockets team. And this, um, and opinions now are going to be incredibly high. Obviously, both Mike and I have the championship teams uh, in our top three uh, the, the 2018 team is also in my top three as well. And Mike's got the 86 team. So we will be, uh, I believe we, the debates will be, uh, very interesting, uh, in our, in our final episode of our series. So be sure to tune in and be sure to follow us on Twitter at dreamshake SBN. You can also follow my personal Twitter at Jeremy Brenner and my co-pilots, Michael Brown at UH big red hat guy. Be sure to also give us a like on Facebook if you haven't done so, and check out our website, thedreamshake.com. We have a lot of uh, awesome content despite this pandemic that uh, every day that passes, we are one day closer uh, to its end and one day closer to basketball's return, and we will be here through it with you all. And also, we are working to help combat COVID-19 and supporting uh, our charities uh, that... SB Nation is uh, working to also support. Um, I, I do have clever moments uh, during these podcasts, Michael, but there are also times where I just lose my train of thought and what I'm supposed to be saying. But uh, you can go to our website, thedreamshake.com. If you click on a, an article that says, buy a Rockets face covering to combat COVID-19 and support charity, uh, please go ahead, click on that link, and it will lead you to uh, a way where you can buy a pack of three Rockets themed face masks or face coverings, whichever you feel is best. And the NBA uh, will support Feeding America and Second Harvest Canada and donate all NBA proceeds from the sale of licensed face coverings. And the face coverings will ship no later than June 9th if you go onto our website and click purchase. I have already purchased mine, Michael, and uh, I can't wait to show it out when I'm at the grocery store. I will be ordering mine this week. I will look forward to wearing it everywhere at all times. Yes. So even even when the pandemic's over. Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> I, sure. It's not going to leave my face. Yeah, I'm in the middle of designing a stormtrooper outfit uh, decked out in rocket gear as well that I might right. be wearing twenty four seven as well. A rocket so, stormtrooper. Yeah, rocket stormtrooper with this said face covering as well. So I will be doubly protected. Well, again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Hard My Take. And until next time, go Rockets.